0: Time enough at
1: last. Submitted for your consideration. To sci-fi fans, Sean Majors and Keith Conrad, re-watch The Twilight Zone from beginning to end. It's like something out of that
0: Twilighty show about that zone. Tonight's story on The Twilight Zone is somewhat unique and calls for a different kind of introduction. This, as you may recognize, is a map of the United States and there's a little town there called Peaksville. On a given morning not too long ago, the rest of the world disappeared and Peaksville was left all alone. Its inhabitants were never sure whether the world was destroyed and only Peaksville left untouched or whether the village had somehow been taken away. They were, on the other hand, sure of one thing, the cause. A monster had arrived in the village. Just by using his mind, he took away the automobiles, the electricity, the machines, because they displeased him. And he moved an entire community back into the Dark Ages just by using his mind. Now I'd like to introduce you to some of the people in Peaksville, Ohio. This is Mr. Fremont. It's in his farmhouse that the monster resides. This is Mrs. Fremont. And this is Aunt Amy, who probably had more control over the monster in the beginning than almost anyone. But one day she forgot. She began to sing aloud. Now the monster doesn't like singing, so his mind snapped at her and turned her into the smiling, vacant thing you're looking at now. She sings no more. And you'll note that the people in Peaksville, Ohio, have to smile. They have to think happy thoughts and say happy things because once displeased, the monster can wish them into a cornfield or change them into a grotesque walking horror. This particular monster can read minds, you see. He knows every thought, he can feel every emotion. Oh yes, I did forget something, didn't I? I forgot to introduce you to the monster. This is the monster. His name is Anthony Fremont. He's six years old with a cute little boy face and blue guileless eyes. But when those eyes look at you, you'd better start thinking happy thoughts. Because the mind behind them is absolutely in charge. This is the Twilight Zone.
2: Episode number 73 of The Twilight Zone was It's a Good Life, and there's something very disturbing about this episode, Sean, and I don't think it's the thing that most people would think of.
1: No. Um, and actually, whenever I see the episode, my mind um, goes to the, to, to the movie version as well. Um, but uh, yeah, well, this, yeah this there's, still there's the movie
2: up. version and then the Simpsons version.
0: The people of Springfield have to make sure they think happy thoughts. And say happy things, because this particular monster can read minds, and if displeased, can turn people into grotesque walking terrors. Happy thoughts, happy thoughts. Boy, I'm getting many sick of this. Rough, rough, rough. Wow, wow. And did I mention that the monster is a ten-year-old boy? Quite a twist, huh? Bet you didn't see that one coming. <laughs>
2: Uh, No, but but of course the thing that I'm talking about, the most disturbing thing to come out of this episode is seeing Cloris Leachman young. (laughs) Wait, did she,
1: who, who played, she didn't play like the character like 10, 20 episodes back when like 60 was like the oldest age imaginable, was it?
2: Uh, No, I don't think so. I think this is, I think this might be her only Twilight Zone appearance.
1: Okay. Yeah. Pretty, uh, pretty lady, huh?
2: She doesn't look bad. You know, especially, you know, I, I don't know how, like, like the the early 60s isn't that different from, you know, other things we saw Cloris Leachman in later. So I'm not yeah. sure, like, what, what happened to her in the decade of the 60s that, you know, by the time, uh, you know, about 1970 rolled around, she looked like she was about 80 for the rest of her life. <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure how that happened. But, uh, I, you know, so I guess, you know, we've been keeping track of uh, which Twilight Zone's uh, you know stars were still with us and uh Claris Leachman leechman just recently passed away so she was when we started this podcast and now she's not
1: oh my gosh that's how long we've been doing this um and i would i would imagine bill mummy is still with us
2: uh he is and uh, i would imagine he makes uh Gloomy. probably makes most of his living on the convention circuit but who sure. knows um you know, I, I do know that he actually came back for the sequel of this episode. Did you Did you know that there actually was a sequel to this? Episode? I
1: did not know there was a sequel to this episode. Uh,
2: they, they did it in um, in the the eighties, uh, you know, oh, yeah. of the Twilight Zone. And uh, actually, Clarice Leachman was in that one too.
1: Good call. And yeah. uh,
2: he had he has a daughter that has uh, ultimately ends up having the same powers that that uh, that he does. And uh, eventually, hilarity ensues.
1: <laughs> yeah, it looks like he was in like the 2000 version as well. Maybe it's... that's
2: what I'm thinking of. Maybe it wasn't the the, uh, the 80s version of the Twilight Zone. Maybe he was in... Wow. Uh, yeah. Maybe, maybe that one was actually in the 2000s uh, version of the Twilight he, Zone. He played
1: somebody that was not that kid <laughs> in the movie. Somebody named Tim in segment three.
2: Okay, um, I
1: so so he was actually in Twilight
2: Life. Zone the movie, is what you're saying? In the yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, wow, that that's interesting. I I didn't know that. So I, so I'm guessing it was just a cameo at that point.
1: Um, Probably. It's it, it's in the Good Life uh, remake section, so <laughs> it's in that segment, uh, which is uh, I believe a, a solid uh, hour after the scariest thing I ever saw as a kid. Uh, which is when Dan Aykroyd says, "Hey, you want to see something really scary?"
2: Yeah, that, that, and completely was, delivers. Yeah, that that was easily the scariest moment Whew. of the movie. Wait, which, by the way, if you haven't seen Twilight Zone, the movie, the the first, I don't know what is it, five minutes of of the movie, yeah, yeah,
0: is, yeah. Uh,
2: with uh, with Dan Aykroyd and um, is it Al- Albert Brooks? Yeah, it's it's Albert Brooks. Literally, I love Albert Brooks, and I was drawing a blank on his name, but uh, Albert <laughs> Einstein Brooks just absolutely uh absolutely amazing stuff so good like uh uh like if my brother and I were were driving down a dark road we'd be like hey you want to see something really scary
1: uh i don't like that <laughs> like I'm, <laughs> I'm actually like kind of getting chills a little bit just thinking about that it was like um at least it made a large march from peewee's uh, big adventure not so scary
2: yeah very very similar vibes for both of those scenes actually when yeah. you think of it um, <laughs> But um, my favorite moment is that is when uh, Albert Brooks turns off the headlights and he's like, oh, my God, there could be nuns up ahead. We wouldn't even see them.
1: <laughs> I got to rewatch that. soon.
2: I'd like to think that 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 whole scene is probably just them just completely making it up as they go. But Oh, uh, yeah, I, I'm sure. I don't know that for sure. You know, like literally John Landis was just like, OK. We need you to get to saying you want to see something really scary. Everything else, just just, just find funny. a way there. <laughs> just get there. But uh, so so the good life um, I, I, again. What, one of those uh, episodes that was parodied on The Simpsons. Um, I I I can't. I de- I definitely wouldn't say that it's one of my favorites, but it al- it also isn't one that I avoid either.
1: It's it's really weird. I I think it's a. a- a, a finely done episode, but for some reason, uh, whenever it comes up, I'm like, eh, I, I know what goes on there and mm-hmm. just kind of skips over it because it's not like, I don't know. I'm not, I don't think it's overrated, but I think I like it a little bit less than most people do, but still it's, uh, you know, it, it, it is one of the best and you know, it's, it's one of the most famous for a reason, I think.
2: Yeah. I, I think my problem is, and it's also the reason why I have a really hard time getting into horror movies mm-hmm. or, or like, you know not not horror movies but like slasher movies it's because i, I just end up feeling bad for the people <laughs> because I, I you know uh, f- first of all i can think of like 32 ways for them to not end up in that situation to begin with
1: <laughs> cell phones you know, is always number one
2: <laughs> yeah and then yeah I, I just have all sorts of problems with it and even when i was re-watching it this time i i'm thinking of the logistics of uh, peaksville ohio yeah, <laughs> like how long? You know, this kid is what uh, he's supposed to be six, I think. Oh wow, is he that young? So have they been living without any contact from the outside world for six years? So how is the guy bringing groceries? Because they would have run out of, they, they would have run out of groceries in six months, let alone six years.
1: You would imagine uh <coughs> the the only self sufficient community in the country is is not located. Uh, I'm just gonna say it in Ohio.
2: Yeah. Although I do although yeah, I maybe maybe I should rethink that a little bit because you gotta think, okay, he's not even talking until he's you know, what, one and a half, two? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh at least not, you know, coherently. Um so he probably, you know, it probably takes him a while after that to realize he has powers <laughs> So, so let's say three at least.
1: <laughs> this is the most like deep dive into practicality you've ever got. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's really not just the his mind's not going to be fully developed until, you know.
2: And, and, and even when it's developed, it's going to take him a while to realize he can do this stuff. Exactly. Um, you know, there's probably a, a little while where he's uh, you know, he's not um you know, like like he's not being He's not being the monster like he's, (laughs) you know, he's He's just a good kid. He's not literally killing everyone or everyone around him. He's just he's just doing interesting things. (laughs) Um, But but, but, but let's let's be generous and say he's four before he figures it out.
1: So we're talking two years of mayhem.
2: Yeah, there's no way they have groceries (laughs) two years later.
1: Maybe they know a guy who knows a guy.
2: I I I guess, but you know, like based on their conversations with uh with the kid, you don't get the sense that if they said, "Hey, we're running out of creamed corn," the kid is actually going to give them more creamed corn. (laughs) I don't think that I I I don't get the sense that's going to happen.
1: I I inherently dislike when people are like, "It's a movie, just let it go." But no, I'm on your side. I mean, even in a even in an episode where like. A six-year-old is controlling things with his mind yeah um, I need to know uh, lo- uh, lines of logistics uh, ch- supply chain um, <laughs> who's printing like the boxes that the cereal comes into yeah, you know is it artwork done it. off-site you know it's it's uh, these are questions that we need answers to
2: yeah I, th- I think so and especially since they, they brought it back like they they did they did a sequel of it. I feel like that's something they really should have addressed, and, and they didn't. Shame on them. Uh, but uh, you know, as we've been mentioning, if you haven't seen the episode, and, and honestly, I don't know why you're still listening to this podcast if you haven't seen the episodes, because it's not like we do a great job of recapping them. But mostly, we're just sort of alluding to things.
1: I, I, I want to live in a world where you are you're born like you know. 20 25 years earlier and you are right well probably more than that but you are writing like just very polite letters in like child's handwriting that just picks apart every single episode directly to rod serling god is it that conrad
2: kid again yeah he he just sends me like one letter back thanks for watching Yeah. Uh, I, i'm asking about you know supply chain logistics and he just writes me back uh, thanks for listening and just or, like an autograph
1: watching. dictated yeah. not read
2: <laughs> so i yeah i i think uh, to, to your, your point earlier i think the the people of peaksville were prepared for this whole experience just by living in ohio
1: i i guess so yeah um i did not know that this was not written by rod serling
2: Oh, you didn't?
1: No. I I don't think I
2: knew that either, so I I can't judge you too harshly on that one.
1: (laughs) And also William Shatner's in Nick of Time. Um, No, Jerome Bixby, the author, and this is like the intersection of not everything, Keith, but apparently he wrote four Star Trek episodes, too. Nice. So Mirror, 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 Day of the Dove, Requiem for Methuselah, and By Any Other Name.
2: Uh, So he worked with Shatner. So Shatner was in this episode. (laughs)
1: <laughs>
2: somebody a former coworker,
1: it all it all ties to, back together
2: wrote, wrote the episode so we, we should you know really that's a, that's a missed opportunity for us we should really have gone through each episode and, and just see how everybody ties to Shatner
1: <laughs> I will we'll do it in our next production meeting
2: I, I I think so I think we should so uh one of my favorite things in um in this episode is the fact that uh, so, so early on the guy's delivering the groceries where God knows where the groceries came from, but he is, um, he, you know, he runs into, uh, he runs into the kid. Um, I, he's Anthony. I, I should, I should stop calling him the kid uh, <laughs> runs into little Anthony, the little scamp and he's playing with a three headed gopher. And I just always loved the fact that they don't show you the three headed gopher. Like yeah. kinda, he 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 tries to hold it up, but it's still out of out of out of the frame. So all you <laughs> see is this tail wiggling around. I, I always enjoyed that.
1: It's a good shot. It's a, it's a good way to uh, to work around probably the inability of the design team to create a three headed gopher that would be believable. Although I think any three headed gopher would be believable in nineteen sixty one.
2: Probably. So, yeah. Um, Yeah. You know, getting back to my original point, I wonder how old he was before. When did Anthony like commit his first sin against nature?
1: I mean, he must be an imaginative kid because, I mean, he he dreams a world in which three headed gophers can be willed into existence. And then, of course, does so.
2: Some people dream of a world with three-headed gophers and say, why not? (laughs) Um,
1: This is a a super long opening narration.
2: Uh, It is, but, you know, he's got a lot to to introduce. Um, (laughs) And and he he actually says that, uh, you know, right off the beginning. He says, you know, this is is a different story. So here's a a little bit of a different uh, introduction for you.
1: Super long opening narration, and then like for the for the end, he uh, he says <laughs> no comment or something like that.
2: Yeah, yeah. So so he goes the opposite way with the closing <laughs> um, I I did think it was kind of funny that uh, the the beginning when he's doing said uh, extended opening narration. Uh, it it almost looks like a, an episode of Night Gallery. Like, yeah, like it does early, because he's just standing in front of a picture of the United States.
1: Yeah. Uh, was night was Night Gallery were all those episodes
2: shot on VHS? Uh, I, that, it that seems my, like a very 70s thing to do, so yeah. I would imagine so.
1: Because yeah. when whenever we run across one of those VHS uh, episodes here, it always always reminds me of Night Gallery.
2: Which I think we're done with the VHS yeah, so I think we thankfully. Are. Yeah. <laughs> it's just off-putting. Uh so we uh, So we learned pretty early and uh, I I don't know, this actually surprised me. I guess maybe it hadn't been a while since it it had been a while since I'd actually seen the episode because, you know, they, they introduced the grandmother and, and they, uh, he says that, uh, you know, she used to sing, but he hates singing. So now she, she can't sing anymore and she's just kind of looking off into the, into the distance. And then I was really surprised when she starts talking. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not sure what, anthony actually did to to make her not sing but
1: <laughs> the um kind, kind of a stick in the mud you know who doesn't like singing
2: yeah yeah I, and he really does we learn later on he really this man does not fool around with with singing
1: he, he, he definitely does not oh. or uh drunken birthday boys
2: who are also singing yeah <laughs> Uh, so he's, uh, so he introduces us to the three headed gopher and then, uh, and then he's, he's basically just bugging his parents for, for quite a while during the episode. And you can tell they're, they're just terrified of him. They're, they have like no clue what's, what's going on. Um, you gotta feel bad for him though, because you know, like how, how would you feel if your your, your, your child was basically, you know evil yeah there's and, there's and no, not like a not like a Steelers fan but actually evil.
1: <laughs> there are no their uniforms are horrible there are no like people that really make it out well in this I mean you feel you know you talk about feeling feeling bad for <laughs> the victims in a slasher movie um but like in here it's just like man this is their life this is their life forever and you know does uh is is it better to be loved or feared? Anthony apparently has the answer to that question, at least in his own estimation. I want to be both
2: loved and feared.
1: I, you know, why have to choose one? Because if yeah. you already have one, I'm sure you can make the other happen.
2: Probably, yeah. Um, so, uh, so at first, like you, you see the uh, the townspeople in their own ways, like trying to curry favor with the uh, with Anthony. And I think the the thing you learn is, uh, you know, and this is clearly the the message that Rod Serling was trying to uh, to, to give us here was the danger of appeasement. Yeah, because uh, no matter how much they they try to act like, hey, we we love you, Anthony, he he still turns him into a jack in the box.
1: So in um <clears throat> in uh just kind of a historical context, I'm I'm really good on World War II. Uh, not so much during the '60s and Korean uh, well, Korean we, we've Wars. Both, and...
2: We've both gotten to the age uh, where we we have to make a choice in life, where we're either <laughs> going to be big into World War II or big on smoking meats. <laughs> get, you know,
1: sorry, meats. World War II. Um, but so you know, you bringing up appeasement, I actually I didn't think about it uh, in that context. It's really interesting. Is there something going on right now? in november 3rd 1961 yikes yeah uh so i guess just kind of um because that's what cuban missile crisis was what 62 maybe
2: yeah so we're about a year away from that um i i think that was when uh you know khrushchev was was just sort of like the comic relief
1: yeah you know geez.
2: like oh he's mad at us because he can't get can't go to disney world and or disneyland sorry and then he um, takes off his shoe. <laughs> yeah, then he takes off his shoe and starts banging it on things, and and uh, yeah, I mean he was he was he was mostly kind of the, the butt of jokes here in the United States, uh, including uh, in the on the on the Twilight Zone because there was a yeah. there was an episode where he was yeah. uh, they, they were poking fun at him uh, on, on the Twilight Zone earlier.
1: It is um it's really it's really interesting just to see all of these, you know, cautionary tales in the in the first, you know, two and a half seasons of of this show. And then, you know, we're ba- we've barely started the sixties and just to see like the transformation that the country goes through and you know, in the next ten years and all the all the stuff that's a lot more horrifying outside of the Twilight Zone is is, you know, about to happen. And it's just um, I don't know. I guess I guess this show does this if you're there at like, you know, the the end of of the show's original run. Are you scared of the Twilight Zone anymore? Because you must have lived through some pretty heavy stuff (laughs) in the past, you know, four or five years.
2: Yeah, probably not. I mean, you're you're probably going, yeah, there's nothing Rod Serling can do that'll scare me. And then he goes and makes a movie where the Statue of Liberty is on a beach. (laughs) you learn okay i guess he can
1: oh man best the best sorry (laughs) sorry sorry for the tangent
2: (laughs) that's pretty much what we do around here
1: Um, Uh, um, it's it's nothing if not for dark tangents
2: (laughs) so you know eventually we we get to this uh we get to this surprise birthday party and is uh is dan hollis okay so, so Dan is actually the guy who's having the birthday. So he just has the yeah. worst birthday ever.
1: <laughs> uh, you know, he, he brings it on himself. You know, it's like it's like you're paying you're playing a college football season and you don't play anybody worthwhile. And then you complain about why you don't make the playoffs. You you have been <laughs> given the parameters in which your birthday can happen, Dan. And that means no singing. And don't don't confront the kid that has the power to turn you into a jack in the box and then send you into a cornfield.
2: And if you do, like come up with a, a strategy ahead of time, okay? Yeah. Like, like you can't just get drunk and think you're going to you're going to beat the kid to death <laughs> and everybody's just going to join in like this is
1: a gotta, dark episode. man.
2: You got to it... coordinate with people like I know you can only think happy thoughts, but like, I, I don't know, think think about how happy you'll be after the kid's dead. <laughs> that it, it actually is a happy thought. Maybe the kid won't think twice about it.
1: But don't think about what is bringing on that happy thought.
2: Right. Yeah. Because well, I mean, that, that's actually what happens in uh, in the Simpsons, where he says, uh, you know, Homer's walking up to to Bart, and he says, "Don't think anything. Just bash him over that with a chair." <laughs> and, uh, um. And sure enough, uh, Bart notices and, and turns him into a jack in the box. <laughs> Uh, so, so i don't doesn't,
1: know doesn't doesn't homer like don't they rediscover their relationship with homer still as a jack-in-the-box at the yeah. end of that
2: yeah <laughs> and then eventually he's like dad is there anything i can do for you and he goes well you could give me my body back <laughs> um, uh, now now here here's what i'm thinking you know so like whenever i'm watching a terminator movie which i which i do quite often uh, I'm, a, I'm a fan of the first I oh, yeah. tolerate the others and um like, I, I always think, like, there had to be, like, a number of people you could put between John Connor and the Terminator that eventually the Terminator would just break down.
1: Yeah, just a pure numbers game, really.
2: Yeah, like, they, they uh, like, Zap Branigan. They, they, he has a pre-programmed kill limit, and when he hits it, <laughs> the, it'll just shut down. And, and, I, and I think of that, too, like, there's at least a dozen people that we know of in this town, they, they can't. They they can't come up with some way of, of joining forces and snapping the kid's neck or something.
1: Yeah, can't you like uh, I don't know? Can can you all just think at the same time?
2: Oh, that's a good idea. Of course, then you then you'd have to like figure out a way to coordinate everybody to think at the same time. Mm. I, I'm thinking you don't you don't think about it. You just like you you see a, a an opening and you just go for
1: it yeah i guess i guess that's it yeah. the um unless like uh anthony hears these thoughts just like we listen to words <laughs> and they don't just like you know materialize inside his brain but yeah i think that it's uh you know cuz how do you think about an exit strategy. <laughs> how do you execute an exit strategy without first thinking about it?
2: First? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that that's a that's a tough. Like you know, today you know, I was uh, I was uh, watching my wife uh, make a, a bagel in the toaster, and I thought, huh, I wonder I wonder how hot that is. And and I immediately thought, no, stupid. What what are you <laughs> what, what are you thinking here? And and I didn't. And then, so that that you know that that thought was in and out of my head in a, <laughs> in, in a microsecond um you know couldn't couldn't you do the same thing like you you just you just walk by him and go wow his neck is right there crack snap yeah I mean, there you go i don't know
1: yeah i wouldn't even if he were my own son i wouldn't uh feel bad about it
2: no no there 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 comes a time where uh you've you've created enough three headed gophers that <laughs> you you had your chance you you blew it um but uh one time
1: um one time and this was the height of uh i'm going to say Wayne's world 1 yeah uh you know bohemian rhapsody was was making its uh comeback mm-hmm. on the airwaves and uh there's that there's that part where it's like mama just killed a man put a gun against his head pulled the trigger and now he's dead um and i i remember as like you know a 9 year old asking my mom hey mom if i ever killed somebody uh would you like turn me into the police if I came if I came to you and told you that, and of course she looked at me in, in, in horror that I would imagine Anthony's uh, parents' uh, a look that they know well, and she's like, uh, no, I, I, I'd a thousand percent turn you in. Like, wouldn't even think about it. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, also, you're nine. Why are you talking about murdering people?
2: But, I mean, you've made it uh, well into adulthood now, and uh, you haven't. So, so, so far, clearly for, it wasn't, knock on wood. At, at least as far as we all know.
1: <laughs> this is gonna make for one hell of the uh <laughs> one hell of a, uh, exhibit a
2: <laughs> okay so uh, as we as we wrap up here uh, if if suddenly the the town you were in was uh was cut off from the rest of the world um you know supply chains are completely disrupted and everything <laughs> um what what's the thing you'd miss the most from the rest of the world Oh
1: gosh, uh, you know, I think I think I'm gonna let the uh, just kind of pr- uh, recent history be my guide, and I'm gonna say toilet paper.
2: Yeah, probably.
1: Not that I ran out of toilet paper, just that you know the uh, the, the great the toilet paper uh,
2: of running out of toilet paper. But yeah, I, I don't think I can top that. That that would that's that's something that um, I can't say for sure. We'd run out of toilet paper before food, but it's a pretty good bet we would. You
0: know? <sighs> terrifying. It's a terrifying thought. No comment here. No comment at all. We only wanted to introduce you to one of our very special citizens, little Anthony Fremont, age six, who lives in a village called Peaksville in a place that used to be Ohio. And if by some strange chance you should run across him, you had best think only good thoughts. Anything less than that is handled at your own risk. Because if you do meet Anthony, you can be sure of one thing. You have entered The Twilight Zone.